Welcome to the SU Church Podcast. We're so glad you can join us. Today, we get to hear from Pastor Philip Dees as he continues our series, Divine Design Relationships. Let's listen to what God has for us today. Man, hey, I will say it is so good to be back with you today. However, I'm alone. Preaching a marriage series all by myself, okay? Uh, so uh, no matter what, just tell Destiny I did a great job and represented her well, okay? And everything will be just fine. Hey, do me a favor. Give somebody a high five, a handshake, a hug. Tell them good to see you. Happy Sunday. You've never looked better. Did you lose 10 pounds since I saw you last time? You know, just something, something nice. Well, we are in a series of messages entitled Divine Design Relationships, uh, and uh, we are, are talking about relationships and even more specifically about marriage, and we're coming out of a scripture, kind of our core scripture for these weeks that we have together, found in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and this is what it says. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now, here's what we need to understand is that there are customs and patterns and ways of marriage that exist within the world. And God is letting us know right here, you don't have to settle for that. You don't have to settle for what you've always seen and heard about this thing called Marriage, But instead, you can change the way that you think about marriage, change the way that you think about relationships, and God can transform your life and therefore transform your marriage as well. See, we have to be reminded that Jesus didn't call us into the average life. (laughs) He didn't say, this is the reason that I came in John 10.10. So that everybody could have mediocre, average existence. So that you could have average peace and normal joy and kind of, sort of strength, right? No, that's not what Jesus said. He said, this is the reason that I've came. I came so that you might have life and that you would have it to the full. That you would have it in abundance until it overflows. Jesus didn't come for the average life. He came so you could have the abundant life. But sometimes what we do is that we've just seen average marriage modeled and we've just adapted to think, oh, that's what marriage is. But what God is saying is, no, there's actually more in this relationship. You don't have to settle for that. And we've been talking about the fact that as Christians, as Jesus followers, that that our, our marriages and our relationships, they should be different. However, They will not be different if we don't make them different. Your marriage is not going to be different just because you put faith, hope, and trust in Jesus Christ. Your marriage is not going to be everything that it could be just because one day you are going to heaven. No, no, no. You're going to have to make your marriage what it is. And that's why we've been kind of operating off of this motto of design relationships for divine purpose. Because you have to design your relationship. That word design, it actually means to form or fashion skillfully or artistically. So what it's saying is that you have to form and fashion your relationship. You have to form it skillfully, meaning that there are, there are skills that everybody has to have. 
There are, there are skills that are common to having a, a fruitful and productive marriage, right? There, there are just common skills. However, there's also this other thing that is artistically, and that is how you make your marriage your marriage. So there are some common skills that we all have to have, but then there's that, that special touch based upon personality and preferences and, and the connection, all these things. And so that is the artistic side. However, if we do not design our relationship, here's what we will not find. We will not define the fullness of our divine purpose because our relationships have to be designed. We can't just let them happen. And we've been looking uh, at it through this framework as we talk about divine design relationships. And the framework is this, purpose, perspective, plan, and practice. And here's what we've been saying is that you have to start with your purpose. You, you start with your why. Why? Because your purpose is the thing that shapes your perspective. Your purpose is going to shape your mental view. It's going to shape your mindset. And, and your perspective is going to form your plan. And then out of that plan, your plan is going to inform you on what you need to be practicing. And so this is where we started the series talking about what is the purpose of marriage. And the purpose of marriage is to glorify God and to build his kingdom. Now you'd say that doesn't sound very original. That sounds like the responsibility of every Jesus follower and you would be exactly right. It's that now we were doing it alone. Now we have come together. The two have become one. And now we are doing it together. We are now glorifying God together and building his kingdom together. What's the perspective of marriage? We talked about that last Sunday. The perspective of marriage is future focused. It is future focused. How many of you understand? If you live life looking backwards at all the mistakes and all the regrets and all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas in the past, your marriage is not going to be as good as you would want it to be. It's future focused. Our perspective, our mental view, the lens that we are looking through is about what is possible in our future. So you have purpose and perspective. And today we're going to talk about the plans and the practice of marriage. The plans and practice of marriage, but, but before we get into that, let me just say this, that today's plans start with you first planning to grow. Before we get into any of the plans, if you don't plan to grow, meaning that you don't have a desire to upgrade and improve so that you can move into the fullness of everything that God said was possible so that you can go from where you are now into the more that God has for you in the future. If you're not planning to grow, then none of these plans are going to matter. <laughs> Starts with you planning to grow. This is what Proverbs 16.3 says. It says, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. You know what? Here's what happens so many times. We, we commit our actions to the Lord. We commit our life to the Lord. We say, God, I give you my life. I, I, I put my faith, hope, and trust in you and in you alone. God, I, I, I trust you with my future. And we commit our actions to the Lord. But here's the thing. We don't create any plans. And so we commit our life to the Lord, but then we don't have a plan that God can bless here on the earth. Because <laughs> notice what the scripture says, your plans will succeed. Sometimes we're not succeeding because we don't have a plan to succeed. And we thought if I committed myself to the Lord, then God would take care of the rest. <laughs> 
If I just said, God, I'll commit myself to you that God's going to handle all those things. And God said, no, 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 that's a, that's a good thing to do. That's where you need to start. <laughs> you need to start putting your trust in me. You need to start by committing those decisions to me. However, you better create a plan for the important things of your life. I love what Zig Ziglar says. He says, you were born to win. But to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. <laughs> Having a plan to your, uh, for your marriage, listen to me, it is essential. It is essential to you building the marriage you want. You having a plan, it is essential to you building the life that you want because it's not the same for everyone. Listen, not everything, hear me today, not everything is right and wrong. There are things that are preferences. <laughs> there are things that are, that are seasonal in our relationships. There are some things that are just good, better, and best that you have to choose from. It's not right and wrong. It's not evil and godly. Some things are just right there in the gray area, and, and we have to realize that that's where so many of these things take place. So it's not always right and wrong when it comes to marriage. I learned this very early in marriage. Somebody gave us a book. You know, and they thought they were really helping us out. They know Destiny is a, you know, a big reader. I'm a big reader. They're like, so I'm going to help them out. And they, they gave us this book. And this, the title of this book was called Love and Respect. Okay? Nice marriage gift, right? Love and Respect. It was a very popular book. You know, sold a million copies or something. I mean, very, very, very popular, right? And, and, and the basic idea is within the stereotype of men and women is that the idea is that men need respect and women just want love. We're sitting there in our living room and Destiny's reading them. The next thing I know, I hear this loud noise, bang! And I look up and Destiny has slammed the book up against the wall. She said, I'm tired of reading that crap. She said, let me tell you one thing. You better respect my butt. I said, yes, ma'am. I've been respecting her for the last 20 years. I said, yes, ma'am. You better believe it. But hey, listen, that book, that book, you know how many people brag about that book? Oh, that book changed our marriage. Oh, this book. But here's what you got to find. You got to find what works for you. Here's what we discovered early on in our marriage. Marriage books don't work for us. They just don't work. But you got to have a plan for something. So guess what? We started reading business books. And so we decided what was going to work for us is we were creating these corporations. We were D's Incorporated, and we were going to build a business, and that's how we got a mission statement and core values, because that's what they say to run a great company. And they say, if you're going to run a great company, you got to have regular meetings, so that's what we did. We established a Sunday night meeting to make sure that our corporation was functioning as highly and as efficiently as possible. And we decided this is what we were going to create. We were going to create a corporation, because the, the marriage books just were not working for us. Well, here's what I can tell you. In a marriage corporation, what we discovered is that, man, the way that we talk to one another, a lot of people don't like the way that me and Destiny talk to each other. Cause we just talk to each other like just, I mean, just, we just, we just, we trying to get to the solution. <laughs> Kindness can wait after we solve the problem, but right now we're trying to solve a problem. 
And people get so uncomfortable and does not forget because it's just our normal language. And we're just going at, we're just talking, you know, we're just having a, a just a, a friendly conversation, right? And people are getting nervous. We're not even fighting. We're having friendly conversation. People are like, oh, what do I do with my hands, right? I mean, they, they just, they don't know what to do because that's how we talk because we're just trying to solve problems and, and be efficient and effective. And we're, we're just, that's the way they talk to each other in the boardroom. Why are we not talk to each other this way, you know, at, at the kitchen table? And so it works for us. But here's what, you know what so many people said? I would never, I would never want to be married to you. I would never want what you have. Fine. Fine. But here's what you do need to know. You need to know what it is that you want. Because you need a plan to create that. So let me just give you, I'm just going to give you a few, a few plans for marriage today, a few areas of life that you just need a plan in if your marriage is going to thrive and be the best it can be. Let me just share a few of these areas. You need, in marriage, you, you need to, first of all, you need to have a plan for your faith. Okay, if faith is supposed to be the center of our life as a Christ follower, and if we come together in a Christian marriage, then that means that, that faith should be at the center of our marriage. And if that is true, then guess what? We need a plan for how are we going to grow and develop this most important thing? How are you going to grow in your faith? How are you going, how are you going to make sure, listen to this, how are you going to make sure that you look more like Jesus in February 2025 than you do February 2024? And here's what I've discovered. If you don't have a plan for that, you won't. <laughs> If you don't have a plan, if you don't have a plan to grow in your faith, maybe part of your plan is showing up on Sundays. Like this is your plan. You're like, this is a part of my growth plan. I will be in person in this room as many Sundays as possible. Well, if that is part of your faith growth plan, then you can't miss church every time you sneeze. Now, if it's not part of your growth plan, then sneeze and stay home. But if it's part of your plan, it means you got to show up. Well, maybe you say, okay, Bible reading is going to be a part of my, my, my faith growth plan. Okay, well, here's the one of the most intimidating things for people is when they look at that Bible from Genesis to Revelations and some thousand plus pages in their Bible. And they're like, where do you even start on this faith journey? And it always happens that they open it up to the worst place possible and they read it and they're like, oh God, I never want to read that again. And they put their Bible up and they say, I'll try again in six months. You need a plan for that. You need to talk to somebody and say, hey, what do I need to read right now in this stage of my life? You need to go to the YouVersion Bible app and find one of the Bible reading plans. They have. Maybe you can read a lot of the Bible. You can read a little bit of the Bible. You can read the New Testament, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Old Testament, the Psalms, and the Proverbs. You can read the prophets. You can, I mean, they got it all broken down. You can read whatever it is that you want, and they've already crafted it for you. And you know what they do? They actually hold you accountable because they'll send you a little thing every day, and you got to check the box. Dude, I did it, you know? And, and that will keep up with your plan, and then you get on a streak, and you're like, no, I've been going for eight days. I can't quit now, right? I mean, you're just like, you just have to have a plan and if you don't have a plan you're not going to do it gotta have a plan you gotta have a plan for faith in, in your home and not just in your marriage but even like with your kids what is your faith what is the plan for your faith journey with your with your children how are you going to teach your kids scriptures how are you going to teach your kids how to pray what is your faith journey now now here's what i would tell you is that Sometimes we can get mixed up, right? We, we can get it, it twisted. It's like, okay, the, you know, and the, because people just know 
like, you know, some of the Bible, right? Some of the Bible verses, and then they just take it and just don't understand. It's like, no, the man's supposed to be the priest in the home. All right, but here's the problem. Sometimes the woman is better than the man in some things. This is what happened in my marriage. I came into marriage, and listen, I came from a Christian family, but I came from, I came from what I like to call a country Christian family. I mean, we believe Jesus Christ, Son of God, right? We, we believe we, we need to be you know, forgiven of our sins, and we pray we're going to go to heaven. But I, when I say country Christian, it means if you got a headache, you, you didn't pray, you just went on to work, right? You just got over it, right? You know what I'm saying? You fell down, you skinned your knee. It was like, we're not praying for that. Like, just get up, rub some dirt on it, right? Get back in the game, right? Uh, but then I came into this pastoral Christian family, right? I got married to Destiny. She's like, I'm country Christian. She's like, pastor Christian, right? And so, like, they, they're praying for everything. I mean, the Durham family, they're praying for everything. They lose their car keys. It's a family prayer meeting. Everybody get together. Come on, everybody pray. Seek the Lord right now. We got we to gotta find these car keys, right? Come on, Lord. Show us where they are. I mean, I'm like, I'm like okay, okay, all right. I'm never, I'm never, I did this country Christian, right? I'm just country Christian. I'm coming into this whole world. And, and here's what happened is I never will forget. Carolina Lee was just a little girl. And she fell down and she scraped herself, right? And she's crying, right? And I never will forget when Destiny was like, hey, this would be a great time for you to pray for her. And I was like, she's not going to get saved today. She's 18 months old, right? Like, I mean, she just scraped her knee, right? Like, I mean, come on, country Christian, get back up and get in the game, right? And I was like, Oh, we, we, we pray. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. We actually pray now because that wasn't my family culture. And so I got down there and I was able to pray for her. And now I was able to put my country. Now you get on up and get on going, right? I mean, but pray first, pray first, right? But here's what I say. If you don't have a plan for faith and so many times what we do is we come, we come into marriage and we're expecting certain things and it's not that way. And Destiny has been patient with me in my journey of, of learning what it is to, is to lead my kids in the faith journey because I didn't, I didn't really have that modeled for me in that way, and she did. So she's been patient with me in the process of learning what it looks like to have a faith journey for our children. But here's what you know, you got to have a plan for that. And the plan was is that she would take the lead on that and that she would tell me what I needed to do because I was never going to figure that out. So she was helping me. Here's the thing. When it comes to your faith journey, you got to take initiative. But the second thing is you better be patient. Because many times it takes longer than you think it should take. Take initiative, but be patient. Here's the second thing that you, that you need a plan for. You, you need a plan for your family. And when I say family, I'm really talking about your family culture. You need a plan for your family culture. What is the culture of your home going to be like? This is where a mission statement comes in. Des and I, years ago, we, we created a mission statement for our family of creating Christ-centered, culture-changing community. This is who we would be. Creating is hard work. You gotta put Christ in the center. It's hard work to put Christ in the center of everything that you do. We're going to be culture changers, meaning that we're not going to adapt to culture. We're not going to just adopt culture, but we're gonna change culture from the inside out. And this little community that we're building, if you don't know, we have five kids. If this little community that we are building, this community, this is where it all starts. And this community will affect the outside community. So we had a mission. This is what's most important to us. And then we created core values. 
Gratitude, generosity, and grit. These are the core values of our house. And I could have all of my kids up here. Well, not all my kids, sorry. My boys are four and two, and they would give you some crazy Daniel Tiger answer or something. Okay, but my girls, I could have my girls up here, and they would tell you what are the core values. Gratitude, generosity, and grit. We have hand motions for it all. Gratitude, hands up, because we thank God for everything that we have. Uh, Hands out, because we want to be generous with all the people around us. And and then muscles up, because we're grit, because we're tough. And the D's family, we don't quit. We don't give up. Country, uh, country Christian, right? All right, so we're strong, right? That's it. Gratitude, generosity, and grit. And everything in our family comes back to these three core values. So we're not chasing 97 different rules and 84 different principles and oh, this is important. No, we bring everything back for our kids to gratitude, generosity, and grit because we've determined these are the three most important things in this house and everything we have discovered in parenting can fit into one of those three categories. Are we being grateful today? Are we being generous today? Generous with grace, generous with our words, generous with our time. Are we being generous today? Are, are we persevering? Are we enduring? Are we being tough today? These are just the core values. You've got to discern what is going to be important for your family. What is it going to look like? What is family time going to look like for you? What rules are you going to establish around that family time? Listen, if, 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 if you have young kids and you haven't already decided when they're getting electronics, you need to put that in your plan. Because if not, they're going to have them way before they should. And you're going to be like, well, but, 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 but Sarah and Beth, and they had them. So we just kind of gave it to our kid and you don't have a plan. And that's how things happen. Stuff just happens. You're like, how did this happen? And you don't have a plan. And then one day they walk out of the front door at 18 years old and they walk off to college and they're like, oh my God, where did all the time go? And did I do everything that I needed to do in this journey? Oh my God, I don't know. And it's like, if you didn't have a plan, I promise you, you didn't do what you needed to do. So it's a plan. You just have to have a plan. What is your family culture going to look like? You need a plan for that. Uh, Here's the third thing you need a plan for. You need a plan for your future. What does the future look like? What does the future look like for your, for, for kids? I know Destiny and I were doing some pre-marriage counseling. This is like 10 years ago. And we're doing some, uh, some premarital counseling, right? And we're sitting there and, and, and Destiny in the way that she always does, right? She just like kind of sniffs it out and she's like, Hey, uh, how many kids are you planning to have? She asked the, she asked the guy and he goes, Oh, I, you know, I think we're having like three or three or four. And I was looking at the girl and her face was just like, like, I mean, I'm talking about jaw on the ground, like, huh? And then, and then we're like, well, how many do you think? She's like, I don't think I even want kids. They were like four weeks from getting married and it's like, well, y'all better talk about that, you know? (laughs) You better have that conversation before four weeks. But here's the thing, we come into this thing and we just don't have a plan for these things. What is it gonna look like for you when you're empty nesters? What does retirement look like for you? And listen, it's not that it has to be perfect and that it cannot change, but you still need a plan. You need a vicinity. You need a place that you are moving. And why do do you need a plan for your future? Because here's what I would say. How else can you stay focused on what matters most if you haven't defined what matters most? How can you focus on what matters most when you haven't clearly articulated and defined what matters most to us as a family? This is why you need to have those goals and that clarity so that you can create this plan. Here's the the, the fourth thing that you need uh, a plan for, and I'm not going to spend much time on that, but that is a plan for finances. 
You need to plan for your finances. You need, you need a budget. How much are you going to give to God? How much are you going to save? How much are you going to spend? And you better have a money uh, plan for what you're going to spend it on, right? I mean, it's just having a budget. You need a plan for your finances. One of the, one of the, one of the highest causes of divorce is finances. And most of the time in those situations, it's because they did not have a plan. And one person thought it was going to look one way and another person thought it was going to look a completely different way. And they did not have a plan for their marriage when it comes to finances. But I, I, here's the fifth one. And, 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 uh, and this is my favorite one is that you need to have a plan for fights. Of all the things I've talked about, a plan for the future and a plan for family, a plan for faith, I, I would say that probably this is one of the, one of the best things that Destiny and I have done as a marriage is, is having a plan for fights. B because, listen, you can either have intentional conflict or you can have explosive conflict. Because you cannot avoid conflict and it will come one way or the other. So you can choose intentional conflict or you will find yourself having explosive conflict. So what Destiny and I decided is that we would create a time and a space on Sunday night where we would have a family meeting. Once again, this is D's Incorporated. So every business has a weekly staff meeting. So we just thought, okay, that's what we're going to do too. And we're going to set our weekly staff meeting on Sunday night. And so at, at, from the time we were married, we had a Sunday night family staff meeting. And we would talk about and everything was on the table in that moment for any type of conflict that you wanted to bring. You're smacking your gum too loud when we drive down the road. You didn't put your shoes up, right? Whatever, whatever that would be. That was the moment that you could bring conflict. Because it's intentional conflict. But you know what? Most people just find themselves doing explosive conflict. Because most people have been thinking about something, stewing on something, right? They've been thinking about those shoes on the floor. They've been thinking about those shoes on the floor. They've been thinking about those shoes on the floor. And then finally, somebody just goes, oh, okay, this is D-Day. <laughs> I've had enough of those shoes on the floor. And they've been thinking about it. They've been thinking about it since 8 a.m., right? They've just been thinking all day long. Ooh, I can't wait till tonight. While this other person is just going about their day, right? Hey, how are we doing? Shay? Doing their job, right? Just doing that. Oh, I've got some bad news, right? They're just going about their day. And then this person comes home, right? 5.30, right? The other person been thinking about it all day long right? And it's like a sneak attack. This person just walks in the door and next thing they know, you know, it's like, oh my God, oh my God, get down, get down, get down. <laughs> and if you're like anything like me, I return fire with fire. I'm like, you got the machine guns. I'm taking out the bazooka, right? You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, okay, that, listen. You don't get to determine if you have conflict. You just get to determine what kind you have. And if you don't have a plan for it, then guess what you get? Explosive conflict. There comes a moment where they've just had enough. And then the fight gets out of control. Listen, when, when, this is what I would say about fights. We are not fighting each other, okay? We are not fighting against we, with each other. We are not fighting against each other. Instead, we are fighting with each other for a better future. You're not fighting against each other. It's not me versus you. It's us together 
fighting for a better future. And Destin, I believe that that scripture in the Bible that says as, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another, that that, that that verse starts in marriage. That it is us sharpening one another. How do you sharpen a sword? How do you sharpen? There, there are sparks flying when sharpening is happening. And so it is through the conflict, the intentional conflict of us sharpening one another that we will become more effective for what God is calling us to. But here's the thing, if you don't have a plan for your fights, it can get out of control. Now, listen, we're talking about faith and family and having a plan. And like you're sitting here thinking and you're like, oh God, I've been married for two years and I just thought that this was all going to work because he loved God and I love God. Like, I don't have a plan for you. This, look, relax, take a deep breath. This isn't so anybody will feel bad about, oh my God, we're so far behind, panic button. Ah, ah, ah. No, 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 that's not what this is about. What this is about is about giving you tools to create a better future. And here's what you have to do. You have to start where you are with what you can do. Start where you are right now with what you can do. If you got one of these areas locked up, great. Just start on the next one. If you're sitting here and you're thinking, I've never even thought about having a plan for these things. Okay, start, start with your faith. Start with your family. Just, just begin the journey of creating a plan. And, and, and here's what we do. We, we plan for now, but remember the perspective is the future. So I plan for now, but my perspective is the future. And, and I just, I just believe that hope comes from seeing that things aren't as good as they can be yet. But there is more that I could do right now to make things better. When I look and I'm like, they're not as good as it's not as good as it can be yet. And there are things that I could do today that would actually make it better. I think that hope exists within the gap between where I am and where I can be. And you might look at that gap and say, wow, that, ga that gap is very intimidating. Here's what I would say. That gap is also very inspiring. Yeah, you, there's, you got to go from here to there and it can be intimidating along the journey, but it's inspiring because it means that I'm not stuck in what I have right now. I'm not stuck in where we are right now. There are things that we can do in creating a plan that will help us take steps forward in our faith and forward in our family and forward in our finances and forward in our fight so that our marriage relationship can get better and it can get stronger and so that we can move into the fullness of everything God created us for there is hope from here to there but we need a plan we need a plan here's what uh, Solomon said in Proverbs 21 he says good planning and hard work lead to prosperity but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty notice he didn't just say planning because you've got a bad plan it don't work right <laughs> he said good good planning you got to have a good plan it's got to be a good plan and he says what good plan and hard work Meaning you got to create a good plan and you got to work the plan. And if you create a good plan and you keep working the plan, then guess what? It leads to prosperity. That word prosperity means a thriving, flourishing, and successful condition. It's going to lead to good things in your relationships, good things in your marriage, good things in your home. He says, but if you try to take shortcuts... It's going to lead to poverty. That word poverty, it actually means insufficiency or lack. Meaning that it's not going to be everything that it could be. 
So if you think, well, you know what? I can kind of take a shortcut on this faith or I can take a shortcut on this family or I can take a shortcut on the finances or I can take a shortcut on the fight. I can take some shortcuts in there. Listen, it's going to lead you to a place where it's not going to be everything that it could be. I love what Napoleon Hill says. He says, create a definite plan for carrying out your desire and begin at once, whether you're ready or not to put this plan into action. Here's what I would say today. Just get started. Start now. You're thinking, but I've never really had a plan for anything. Okay, great. Today, there's no better day than today to do something you've never done before. Create a plan and start now. With all your questions and all your doubts, go ahead and start now. Start the plan. Now, I, I want to just kind of transition right here from plan into practice. And I want to transition with, with another quote from Napoleon Hill because he says, here's the thing. You got to create that definite plan. You got to carry it out whether you're ready or not. But then he also says this. He says, the majority of men meet with failure because of their lack of persistence in creating new plans to take the place of those which fail. Which simply means this. Not every plan you create is going to work the way that you think it could work. Not every plan you come up with is going to be the perfect plan. It's not all going to go the way that you thought it was going to go. And this is why the practice part of marriage is so incredibly important and so vital to our success. The plan for marriage and the practice for marriage, they are working together like a hand in a glove. Now, our purpose and our perspective, listen, never change. Never. The purpose of Christian marriage will always be to glorify God and to build his kingdom. The perspective of marriage is always going to have to be future focused, but the plan and the practice will often change. It will change throughout ages and stages. It will change throughout the various seasons of life. These things will change. Here's what I tell you. There, 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 are, there are lots of ways, right? Lots of ways to win a football game. Lots of ways. I mean, that's my football coach. There's lots of ways to win a football game. You can play great offense and score a whole bunch of points, and you can beat people 62 to 55. Or you can play great defense and control the ball on offense, and you can win games 21 to 14. There's lots of ways to win a football game. There there, there are lots of ways. And guess what? There are lots of ways for you to have your marriage. There's lots of ways. Now you're thinking right now, did he just compare football to marriage? Yes, I did. And Destiny is not here to say anything about it. (laughs) But as I close, let me just give you these two questions that I really want to ask you. With the idea that it's your marriage. Number one is this. What do you want to build? And number two, what are you currently building? It's your marriage. It's your marriage. Not my marriage, it's your marriage. It's not the person sitting next to you, unless that's your spouse, then it would be your marriage. You know what I'm saying? But, but you know, it's, it's, it's your marriage. 
And here's what you need to know. You need answers for these two questions. What do you want to build? What do you want your marriage to look like? And number two, you need to ask yourself, what kind of marriage am I currently building? Because if we do not like the marriage that we are currently building, listen, then we only have two options. There's only two things you can do. Listen to me. Two things you can do. Number one is you can revise the plan. Number two, you practice harder. That's all you got. You can say this plan is not working. We keep trying to run the ball here and it's not working. We keep trying to throw the ball over there and it's not working. Football analogy, marriage. All right, it's, it's, it's not working. We've got to find another plan. You might have to revise the plan. Or you know what? You might have a good plan. You, you just got to get more reps and you just need to keep practicing. But those are the only two things. Those are the only two options that we have. Revise the plan or practice harder. Revise the plan or practice harder. That's all we can do. I'm not going to have enough time to get into all the areas of practice today. But here's what I would tell you about practice. I, 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 like, to, I like to say it this way, that the game is always found in the again. Because whenever you see that word again, it's, it's a gain, right? That's what, that's what it is, a gain. If you want a gain in your life, then guess what? You're going to have to do it again. That's where the gain is found. The gain is always found in the again. And as a football coach, guess what? The guys have a rep and it goes bad. Guess what? Hey, you're back on the line. Do it again. They do it pretty good. You get back on the line, you do it again. Come on, coach. They do it really good. What do you do? You get back on the line, you do it again. They do it perfect. What do you do? You get back on the line, you do it again. Why? Because the gain is always found in the again. But here's the thing about practice. Nobody really likes practice. Well, Allen Iverson didn't like practice. Practice? Talking about practice, right? I mean, I... Uh, only the sports people after that. Thank you for that clap in the back. I appreciate that. Everybody else is just confused. Okay, we got to close here. I got to get back. I got to get back focused. Nobody likes practice. Nobody likes revising the plan, practicing harder, revise the plan, practice harder, practice, 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 do the same thing over. Nobody likes practice, but here's what I've discovered. It's the only way to have lasting success. So somewhere along the way, this is what happens is we just stop practicing this thing called marriage. And we're like, you know what? It's good enough for us. Like we can just like ride this thing out like the next 20 years. You know, it's like good enough. Like we figured out enough things. Like 
We're not trying to thrive. We're not trying to flourish. We're not trying to be everything that we can be. It's just good enough right now. We're like, we're, we're not going to divorce or separate. Like we're just going to kind of ride this thing out. It's kind of like two people living their individual lives. Like we're good enough friends where we can make this work, but we are not thriving and flourishing. And we, we are not in the process of becoming the fullness of everything that God said was possible in this beautiful thing called marriage. And guess what? We just stopped practicing. just stop practicing. We stop creating plans. And we just settle. Don't forget, settling is accepting a state of existence that is inconsistent with God's design. God didn't design you to have an average marriage. God didn't design you just to be able to get along with your spouse good enough to not leave one another. God's design is not for you to have an average normal existence. That's not God's design. God designed you for more than that. But how do you get there? You have to have a plan to succeed. God will make the plan succeed. And listen, not only will God make the plan succeed, but then you're going to have to practice the plan that you put into place. And I promise you, if you work to create the best game plan for your marriage that is possible, and you show up every day and you practice as hard as you can possibly practice and you do that every single day, do you know what you will get really good at? You will get really good at marriage. The same way I could take you out to the golf range right now and you've never played golf before and you look all crooked out there. You be hacking looking like you chopping wood, but guess what? Come on, Reg, I can send them to you. They could come to you. You're like, don't send them to me, please. Listen, I'll send you to a golf pro. Listen, if you practice every day for the, for the, for the next seven years, that'd be pretty good. It'd be pretty good. Why? Why? Because you get good at what you practice at. And most people don't have a great marriage because they just stop practicing a plan. They just stop practicing a plan. I don't care where you are today in your marriage. If you are about to get married, if you just got married, if you're 10 years in or if you're 50 years in, listen, if you're not dead, you're not done. Things aren't as good as they can be. Why? Because we go from glory to glory. With God, there is always more. But you gotta be willing to create a plan for this season of your life and then you've got to practice that plan every day and if you do it you'll get good at it and guess what if you get good at it you'll be glad you did it I want you to stand with me today bow your heads just for a moment come on I want you to hear me today I want you to hear me listen today I'm not here to make you feel bad about where you are I'm not here for you to leave today with your head down going, oh man, made so many mistakes. I've missed so many things. Oh man, no, 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 no. That's not about, today is all about what's possible for your tomorrow. Today is all about 
the things that you can change. Today is all about putting some tools in your hand so that your tomorrow can look better than your yesterday. Philip, I've made so many mistakes in the past. It's fine. Just, just don't make as many mistakes tomorrow. That's fine. Just get better. Practice. Practice. The gain is always found in the again. Come on with your head bowed today. You say, Philip, that's, that's really what I want. I want everything that God has for me. I don't want my past limitations to influence my thinking of what's possible. I don't want my past mistakes to get in the way of what can be in my tomorrow. You say, Philip, I, I, I want to create a plan in these areas. I, I, I want to practice that plan. That's something for you to think about, something for you to pray about, something for you to maybe even talk with your spouse about today. Which one of these tools can we grab onto and use so that we can take our relationship to the next level? Father, I thank you for every person in the room. Jesus, I thank you that you love us. I thank you that your grace is so powerful, that your mercy is so real. I thank you that you see us where we are. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are with us along the journey, that we are not alone. Help us, Holy Spirit, to create a plan that God can bless, to create a plan that can succeed, and help us to show up and to practice every day so that we might glorify you and build your kingdom on this earth. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Thank you for connecting with us today. The first step to a new life is receiving the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, repeat this after me. Jesus, I believe you died on a cross and rose again for me. I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Whether you committed your life to Jesus for the first time today or are already on your journey of faith, we would love to stay connected with you. Please visit scchurch.com and follow SC Church on all of our social media platforms. And remember, the best is yet to come.